Citadel, the new Prime Spy series, has launched. And we're launching into our reaction and insights into the first episodes. Worth a watch? Let's see. Hi, this is Dan. And Tom. From SpyMovieNavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Let's jump into Citadel. Yeah, and Dan, this is kind of an interesting one for us because we're not reviewing a completed movie. We're not reviewing a completed series. We only get the first two episodes of Citadel when we're talking about it. Yeah. And I think part of what our goal here is, is it worth watching the last four? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so let's talk about what we saw, but let's keep it no spoiler because maybe people haven't seen it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will. We're going to give you our first reactions and our insights of what we think we see in these first couple of episodes. First, the title Citadel. We quickly learn what Citadel is in the series. In episode one, Bernard Orlick, who's played by Stanley Tucci, he tells us, and he tells a character in the series, that Citadel is an international spy agency loyal to no person or country and dedicated to the good for all people. And then he says, quote, the last line of defense for good, unquote. That's a great line. And I'd like to talk that one through a bit because there's a lot in that one little statement. And also, any organization for the good is there because there are many other organizations or groups in the world who have their own idea of good and who would be against Citadel. So that was a nice little intro. And yeah, there is one big organization against Citadel here in this series. Of course, Bond and MI6 and the whole world had Spectre to deal with. Well, here there is an evil group, and I say evil in quotes because I want to talk about this. There is an evil group that opposes Citadel, and it's called Manticore. When he does that explanation of what Citadel is, yeah. when Bernard says what it is, it really reminded me of Kingsman. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So actually, actually, better yet, The Kingsman. <laughs> the, the Kingsman. The prequel one they did, which was the yes. third Kingsman movie. The last one, yeah. When they talk about how they set up that organization, it actually kind of had a similar feel to the way Bernard described Citadel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so now there wasn't the same, you know, evil doers in an organization that the Kingsmen were up against. Right, right, right. But it sounded like, hey, we're going to try to do good. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of throwbacks, homages. I don't know if they're really homages or (laughs) things that have been borrowed, but there's a lot of of stuff in here we want to talk about. Now, I always like to know what the heck is behind the name, right? So Citadel, Citadel is a fortified area of a town or city. So I want to know why they call this Citadel. And it's a defensive core which provided and really symbolized security for that city or town. So given what Orlick just told us about the International Spy Agency, Citadel, the last line of defense for good and all that, it just makes perfect sense. So I, I like that. I think that's just perfect. It's a yeah, perfect I thought name. it was a great name for the way they defined it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And all of that is again, adds to the dimension of the series because now you know, okay, this is what's behind Citadel. Now, I want to talk about the good (laughs) because, man, (laughs) I used to teach philosophy. (laughs) Aristotle, Plato. (laughs) 
So, uh, buckle up. You're not going to go into that. Buckle up, everybody. Oh, (laughs) jeez. You have this organization, Citadel, right, whose mission is to be the last line of defense for the good, for the world. Well, what is good? And who defines it? Who defines good? I mean, since pre-Socratic philosophers, we have, as a society, wrestled with what good is really is. Aristotle, Plato, they all struggled with this concept. And here we are today going through the same thing. Now, Dan, in my notes for this, all I wrote down was who's good and who's evil. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to go into that. I wasn't getting into the philosophers. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, we are. (laughs) What makes Citadel good at choosing what is good? This is important, right? I mean, Hitler thought to himself that he was doing good. Any invading country may think that they are right for invading and doing the right thing and doing something good. So, really, Citadel could be dangerous here, as dangerous as any other organization. I mean, it's a challenge here. I mean, we know that Batman and Superman, they were always doing good and acting for the good. (laughs) But here, (laughs) but here... It is a legitimate question, especially since we hear in these episodes, why would you trust me? I'm exceedingly untrustworthy. I'm a spy. Okay. That now is great. I know. great. That's my favorite line. Yeah. Why would you trust me? I'm, I'm untrustworthy. I'm a spy. I'm a spy. <laughs> so that, that's, that tells a lot, right? And again, we're only going to see these first two episodes, but this tells us a lot about what may happen. Not what is happening, but may happen in this series. I love it. So for me, Dan, again, it's all about who defines who, what's good and evil. Yeah. You look today, and there's a whole thing in the U.S. about, you know, Twitter and them um, censoring people. And, right, right. Tr- you know, is who's, who's espousing, you know, they, they were turning people off when they said certain things about COVID that have now since been, and I'll put in quotes, proven true. Yeah, right. But people were, they lost their access to Twitter if they said it back yeah. in the beginning of COVID. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. who says what good and evil is? It's very, very on point for today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got the whole Ian Fleming uh, novels being edited now out because they think that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. What, uh, they don't, we already talked about that one. So this is a good <laughs> so. question here with Citadel. Their, their last defense for good in the world, I want to know why they're so good at choosing what's good. That's what I want to know. And we Absolutely. don't know that. We don't know that yet. And we, we don't know that. No. Now, so we've talked about the fact that the name of Citadel and what a Citadel is, right? Yep. So let's talk about the cast and the directors a little bit before we get into more yeah. of the, the show itself. So this cast is, I think it's really good. It is. It's Richard Madden. Yep. Priyanka Chopra Jones, Stanley Tucci, Timothy Busfield's in it. Yep. Leslie Manville is unbelievably good in yes, her role. Yes, she is. <laughs> uh, then Roland Muller plays two parts. He plays a henchman and another henchman who happens to be his brother. His brother, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's the same same actor playing both roles. Yeah. And he is a badass. Yeah. Look, the, the acting in this, I have to say, is fantastic. You know, Stanley Tucci is over the top, 
fantastic. He, are, anything he's in, I'm going to like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, the big night he was in, it was fantastic. Yeah. All his Italy shows were fantastic. Yeah. He's a great, solid actor. And in this one, well, you it's were not like, just that he's a solid. It's not that he's just a solid actor. He chooses good works for he him. Does. That, that's a good point. He does. He does. And here he's Bernard Orlick, and he is spectacular. All of them are really, really solid. And like you said, Leslie Manville as Dahlia Archer. Holy God. I would not want to receive the thump on my chest that she gives the guy in that in this episode. It's like, yeah, ooh. Yeah, but what a nice little shack she lives in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is she a plays, nice little she play, She plays a very rich person. From, she did okay. And, and this, I thought it looked like a country club to me, not a house. Yeah, <laughs> she's it. getting all A's and B's, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's the, you know, it's got a very solid core acting core. Yep. Um, the directors are the Russo brothers. Yeah, hey, there so you go. Anthony and Joe, right? And they're doing everything, it seems like, these days. Right. They just did The Gray Man. Yeah. On Netflix last year. And one of the things that's interesting about this movie is it has one of their signatures, if you will. And in our review of The Gray Man, I hated it. Mm -hmm. And it was, they shifted in time. They would go forward and backward in time. Yeah. And I hated it in The Gray Man, but it worked really well in this one. Yeah, in this one, they do it and they shift it, but they pretty much keep the same timeline. It's eight years now in the future eight years back eight years now eight years back yeah whatever but they do a very very solid yeah. i job think they do a here. better job of it here yeah. than in the gray man because like i said in in my in our review of the gray man i said how much i didn't like yeah. that time shifting yeah and, and here and, i'm fine with it and they're spending a lot of money on this series you could see why they're not doing 22 episodes like so used to be the normal kind of thing for a series right they're doing six in this series they're spending somewhere between 235 million and $300 million for these six series. So they're spending 40 to $60 million, something like that, per episode. <laughs> well, and you think about it, it's, what, three and a half hours worth of material yeah, at the yeah, end of the day. Well, you know what, they're 40-minute episodes, right? 40, 41-minute episodes. So you've got a lot of stuff packed in here. And I have to say, they do a fabulous job at this, and we'll talk about that. They do a solid, solid job of putting like Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli used to say, put it all on the screen. These, these Russo brother guys, they've put it all on the screen. You get a it, lot of production that, value. Absolutely. Right? All right, we saw the good guys, <laughs> theoretically, the good guys, Citadel, and they got to have an enemy. Well, their enemy is an organization called Manticore. Now, to me, I hear Manticore, I immediately think of Goldeneye because that the villain's lair was kind of on this 142-foot yacht. Manticore. <laughs> but <laughs> there's more <laughs> to Manticore. Yacht. <laughs> yeah, there's more to Manticore than that, you know, in mythology, probably from Persian and Indian mythology, but used in Greek mythology too. The Manticore is really a beast with the body of a lion, a face of a man, and the sting of a scorpion. And it really originally meant unknown lands, kind of like basically the unknown. But later European interpretations was more like it was a devil or a ruthless rule of tyranny. So, again, the selection of this name in this series, Manticore here, it's a good name for an opposing organization against Citadel. I think it's very well done 
Very good choice, right? I absolutely agree with you there. It's a great name, and it's a sinister organization. (laughs) You will see in this series a lot of violence, right? Not as much as in the in the movie Agent. So yeah, okay. We just did our our uh, episode on Agent. Check that one out. It's a good one. Our first reaction, no spoiler review. Check it out. All right, so we look at episode one here, and we get to learn a lot about the characters. And the first 12 minutes, Tom, I don't know what you thought of the first 12 minutes, but the first 12 minutes, which is really the pre-title, it's it's nonstop action laced with intrigue and doubt as to what organization really is in control, if any. It's a stunning sequence with, of course, the stars Priyanka Chopra-Jonas playing Nadia Sin, Richard Madden as Mason Kane, and Stanley Tucci as Bernard Orlick. Of course, there are a few gadgets that are called out and so on. you got to have gadgets. It's a spy movie. What the heck, right? Well, yeah, but some of the, they don't have too many, in, but some of them are pretty good. Yeah, they don't. You know, she's got a couple in her purse that he, he calls out, whatever. The title is The Human Enigma. But really, I think the better title is something that was said in the episode. Well, that's this is for episode one. Episode okay. one, yeah. We're still talking about yeah. episode one. Everything you know is a lie. That's kind of like sums up, really, episode one, right? I like it because it really creates this tautological nightmare. And Tom likes... Oh, you, you did not just use that word. Tom likes tautological Tautological yeah, tautological. I taught logic, so I mean, come on, think of this. So you taught a logical class. No, I thought lo- I taught logic, so this is a tautological nightmare, and this is why. Imagine what the this. hell does tautolog whatever you said tautological. I'm gonna okay. Imagine this. I write on the. I draw a square on the blackboard. A box. Boom. It's a square box, and inside the square, I write. All sentences in this box are false. Okay. So you see, all sentences in this box are false. So you see now, if it's true, that sentence, then it is false. (laughs) And if it's false, then it is true. Well, if all sentences in this box is true, then that sentence has to be false. (laughs) Right. Because it says all sentences in this box are false. Right. But if it's true, it has to be false. And if it's false, it has to be true. What the hell does that have to do with anything? So I here, everything you, know, everything you know is a lie is the same thing. If I know that, then it's a lie. <laughs> if I know that everything I know is a lie, then that is a lie as well. So here, that drives this whole episode one. <laughs> I think I now know why I never took a logic class. <laughs> <laughs> you may have gotten a C from me. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Hey, that would be a step up. <laughs> uh, all right. This is a spy series, right? So the opening shots are what on? What, what's the opening shot, Tom? It's Actually, not- you shouldn't have said that to me because I hate, 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 hated the opening shot of this movie. Okay. All right. But what's now, it on? It's on a train, a which train. is where you were going. A spy movie with a train so- scene. Yeah, so there, there are only like two or three things I really didn't like about the first two episodes. Okay. And the opening shot I, I is know. one of them. I, I, because 
you see it in the you actually see it in the trailers and to me it's it's non-spoiler if they put it in the trailer already yeah because right. that's been out for a while that's true so the opening shot is an upside down shot of the train inside the train yeah i call it a unique glimpse <laughs> it, and and then they flip it and rotate it and i just i just think that's just so gimmicky and so unneeded i get they're trying to tell you this is a topsy-turvy world but it just really annoys me when they do that but again, I liked the rest of that pre-title. Yeah, I, I don't. I I agree with with it. I I didn't. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. But I didn't understand what significance it had. If it meant something, if the world is tipsy turvy, turned upside down, and and things are going to be turned upside down for us in this series, and you're not going to know what's happening. I thought maybe that was what was going on, but I I don't know if that's true. I might be reading a little into it. I don't know, but well, we do get that I unique thought, that, That's the only reason I would think you would do that because yeah, okay. otherwise, it's we're just trying to make an artsy fartsy film instead of you yeah. know, To me, I think they're trying to say everything's not what you think it is. Yeah, as they turn it right right side up. Right, and once it's right side up, you get a lot of action that's taking place on this train, including yeah. a bathroom brawl which is a bit reminiscent of the 2006 Casino Royale movie. We're going to make connections here when we think we should make connections. And that's an obvious one. Yeah, right? now I'll give you another one that most people probably haven't seen, although I did a, I did a review it, was the Chinese movie called Cliff Walkers. Oh, yeah, right. And, and there's a fight in a bathroom on a train in that as well. Yeah, so, so there you go. So is this a unique situation? No. And it's been done in other spy movies? Yeah, it's been done in other spy movies. There's also a callback to Live and Let Die, also in this little train sequence. And you'll see that when you watch it. And there is a manicure symbol also, like kind of like the Spectre symbol, that appears here as well. So they have a symbol. And that's, okay, that's been also done before. And there's one line on the train is a familiar line, similar to the one in The World Is Not Enough's pre-title sequence spoken by the banker to Bond about the numbers do not seem to be on your side. That line is almost, it has to be inspired by The World Is Not Enough line. Yep. I mean. It's, it definitely had that feel. Right. Yeah, it did. It did. It really did. All right. So I, I don't know what you were wondering after the first 12 minutes, Tom, but I was wondering if there can even be an episode two. <laughs> <laughs> they they packed a lot in there and so to, to me it was it was a really good hook after you get past the first 10 seconds or whatever of it being upside down yeah yeah but okay. the way the way they did it the way the characters interact mm -hmm. the way that you get the you know the voice of some tech guy yeah. who has great communication technology, as all of these spy movies do. Yeah, kind of like Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> they can talk to each other anywhere. Anywhere. You know, they do it in Bond, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, so, but there's a guy there kind of doing the tech stuff. Yep. And so it it feels familiar. <laughs> yeah. Very familiar. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, does feel, it does feel familiar, and there's lots of little callbacks to the you know like you mentioned a couple of them there and uh you know, throughout this thing throughout the whole thing and so i think the first i, I didn't time it you said 12 minutes yeah for the for the opening that or the pre-title i i think if they're trying to set a hook they did a good job with it <laughs> it's a big hook <laughs> i think they could have hooked moby dick 
<laughs> and yeah. all right, and we're globe trotting too, right? Alabond in this series. In episode one alone, we're on the train in the Italian Alps, Bellagio, Italy, the states of Oregon and Virginia in the United States, Zurich, Switzerland, Chicago, Illinois in the United States. There's a lot of moving around. And this is only like 35 minutes or something. I know. (laughs) Anyway, the first episode, like we said before, drags us back and forth in time, like you were saying, Tom, by eight years for good reason. And I thought it was done really well, like you said. I've got one question for you, because a lot of them, when they're going back and forth to places, they're showing you scenery. Yeah. But everything when they were in Bellagio was inside. So why'd they need to tell us they were in Bellagio? I didn't get that. I, I don't. I don't know exactly why they had to say they were in Bellagio. It's a beautiful little town. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I no well, there, actually, there might have been a very short, like one second or two second exterior shot of Bellagio. I don't. I. I wasn't sure if that was it. Yeah. But almost that whole scene is inside a building. Yeah, there was one shot I was confused with it, and I thought they were trying to go backwards, but it was the present time. I don't know. There was one thing that was to me was confusing, but I I may have missed something there. But they're dragging us back and forth in time. And, of course, there is something that must be retrieved or the world is in serious trouble. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's the MacGuffin. That's the MacGuffin here. And this this carries us into the second episode. So there's a lot of scenes. Yeah, before you go to the second episode, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the gadgets, because we mentioned that there were some, mm-hmm. all right? And some of them were high-tech. Yep. Some one, and I don't know if you caught this, but during the fight, there's a pair of glasses. Uh-huh. And there's a sound that plays when the guy does something with it. And the end piece, you know, the, the ending was sharp like a knife. So I wasn't sure if whatever he did, these knives jutted out, hmm. or were they just showing that the end of the year pieces were sharp because they could be then weaponized? Yeah, um, I, I didn't know the significance of that though. I I didn't get it. So okay, yeah, I I mean I don't I know what they were trying to do there. But anyway, there are a lot of scenes in this episode one. We'll wrap up episode one that that are that's just tremendous action, right? Cinematography was terrific, and really, I thought you got to pay attention to the sound effects. The, the sound effects were just perfection, absolute perfection. You will see lots of blood, guts, gore, all of that, and the feel of episode one is the feel of a really, a, I thought, a well-produced movie. And you got about a 40-minute movie here. And um, they, uh, like we said, they're, they're leaving it all on the screen here. And they do it. They do it in Citadel. They're leaving it on screen. The fight in the dining car, <laughs> I mean... You look at the fight in the dining car. I thought it made the Bond, Swan, Hinks dining car fight inspector look like a Boy Scout meeting. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it was a good fight. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was. You, you're going to enjoy, maybe enjoy that little sequence. It's The one thing it's they're good. missing <laughs> from what has been happening lately with train fight scenes is, they never got on top of the train. <laughs> they didn't get on top of it. Not yet, anyway. I mean, there might no. be another. Who knows? Who knows? Who what knows? Might, right? But, it might come back. But for, for the vicious fight in the train, usually that ends up on top. And yeah. it didn't happen here. No, no. But there is, a, like I said, a, a little callback to Live and Let Die uh, with one yes, of the scenes, there, right? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right. There's a absolutely. lot of callbacks, too. There's other callbacks, too. We mentioned a few of them, like we just said. Memory loss, of course, there, that's involved in this 
Citadel series. And of course, that, that reminds us of Bourne. But there's the action of Mission Impossible, the agent effectiveness and world travels of Bond. The fi- I, I, I thought there was kind of a feel of the man from uncle here with the international organization. And really, I thought, for some reason, I thought, there's a touch of the Magnificent Seven in here as well. <laughs> with, Everything. With fight, the fight for you the go good. You Mag 7 every time. <laughs> the fight for the good, you know. It's like, okay. Yeah, I could see Yul Brynner in this. Okay. <laughs> so there's there's actually, it's interesting you say, because there's a lot of born in here because yeah. you know they tell us in the trailer that they they had some memory loss. Yeah. And it's handled differently, but there's some shots that are taken almost exactly out of born. Yeah. The, the camera shots are very, very similar. But then there's another movie about memory called Memento. And to me, there's a fairly big callback to Memento okay. in this movie as well, because memory's part of it. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's a lot with the memory thing here, and there are, we're not going to go into all the details of the memory issues, but it certainly is born-like for sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. There, there's a scene where some people get shot, <laughs> right? It's you a spy thing, so <laughs> duh, right? So some people get shot yeah. in a very specific way. Yes. And kind of a game. And that had a familiar feel to me from a couple different spy movies. I don't want to yeah, go yeah. further than that no, no, because no, no. we're doing no spoiler. But it, that, that was another one that just kind of had a real, yeah. hmm, I've seen something like that before, but <laughs> it was so well done. Yeah, I have to say, they, there's some shockers in here. Even though you, you think you're going to anticipate what's going to happen next, <laughs> there are things here that, you're not anticipating yeah. what's going to happen next. There are a lot of familiarities, like we said, but they do a good job of, of surprising us sometimes, and yeah. which, is, which is good. I like that. I want to talk real briefly about the title sequence. Yeah, the title sequence is because, interesting. Yeah, and one of the nice things about Amazon is you can skip it, you know, if you're watching, like if you're going to watch every episode. Yep. But I really like this title sequence. It's very spy. There's a bunch of spy stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's newspaper stuff that says things like, who is Citadel? And it's the, the worldwide stuff in here. There is. All in the title sequence that I think is really, really good for this first episode. Yeah. Quite honestly, when I watched the second episode, I did hit <laughs> skip intro. I, I didn't because yeah. I did like it, and I, and I liked the way it unfolded. And, I, and again, I think it had a lot of elements in the title sequence that have been extracted from or reminds you at least of some of the other spy movie series, including Mission yeah. Impossible and I think uh, Bourne and, and some of the others as well. So, But it is, it is good. It's worth watching at least once. I watched it in both episodes, and I, I thought it was good. So let's get to the episode two, which, of course, is going to continue the storyline. That's what we're going to do for the whole series. And it gives us a nice several-minute summary of what we just saw in episode one. And if you want to skip that, like you said, you can skip the title sequence. You could skip that as well, which is nice. That's a nice thing. If, I, if I'm watching them back-to-back, and I just said, I just saw all that stuff that happened in episode one or whatever episode you're on, you could skip that and jump ahead to the episode in question, the new episode. Again, we get another unique camera angle to the start, which Tom likes. (laughs) (laughs) Not. (laughs) (laughs) To start off episode two. 
And we go places again from the state of Wyoming in the USA to New York City to the state of Virginia again. And we get to go to Valencia, Spain. Ah, there is one line of dialogue, which is a clear throwback to a line delivered in a pre-title sequence, The Quantum of Solace in Italy as well. Absolute throwback <laughs> to Quantum of Solace. Yeah. You will notice it when you watch yep. episode two. <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah and that's that's where there's lots of stuff like that i mean there's there's all you yeah. know some of these lines like it's almost, there's a line hmm. you your mind may not remember but your body does yeah yeah right right that's a very born like thing yep yep and so it's it's interesting how they tickle their callbacks <laughs> with and some and some sometimes they're really blatant with them yeah but sometimes they're just kind of tickling the callback yeah, see if you remember this, but we're not yeah. going to go all the way. Yeah. Which I kind of liked. I think as spy movie fans, all of us who watch spy movies, you're going to see a lot of the things we're talking about here that we're calling out. You're going to notice, and you may notice more that we've missed because there's a lot in here. So Okay, I'm going to talk about something that I noticed that I bet you didn't notice. Okay. We talk sometimes about product placement. Yeah. Mm. What was on the folder... In there was an ep there was part of the episode where two guys are talking, uh -huh. and there's a folder on a table. Mm. There's multiple items, magazines, or whatever on this table. Yeah, but the thing that was top and biggest was a folder that had the blue Ford oval with the script word Ford. Yeah, so it was a product placement without showing a vehicle. Yeah. Okay. I missed that. I thought I I thought that was like wow. I couldn't believe. I mean, and it, it it there's no reason for this thing to be on that table. <laughs> Money with who because <laughs> with with who these guys are talking. I mean, it's in the psychiatrist scene that he sees it. Yeah. So I I, I watch. I started laughing. I paused it. So I'm like, <laughs> am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And it's the Centennial Blue Oval or whatever they call that thing. Yeah. Yeah. At Ford. So All right. uh, that's cool. All right. Also, Another thing we see in a lot of spy movies is product placement. Yes, yeah, more just and a more. Different one. More and more. Yeah. Almost the whole movies are product placement now. All right. The technology is pretty cool in the series, and I think there's some grounding in reality with some scenes and some fights that kind of make it believable. So I kind of like that, and the action is for the most part believable. There's nothing like gadgety stuff that you would think uh oh, you know that could never happen i think it was kind of like down to earth kind of <laughs> fighting shooting whatever. and some pretty bru pretty brutal, brutal stuff it, it is brutal stuff yeah. so they get to valencia spain of course there's a festival going on there and it's the Fales festival and it's a real festival in valencia spain and it takes place from the first of march to the 19th of march so this is a festival where paper mache and wood monuments are made and displayed throughout the city before they succumb to fire and are burned. So kind of reminded me again of Bond being at some festivals in Thunderball and Live and Let Die and so on. So kind of a similar feel here. We had a festival and he's wandering around in it. So, okay. All right. So we well, got it's that. easy to kind of get lost in it. Yep. And observe people. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, hey, let's talk about some of the women. There are some really very strong women characters 
in the first two episodes. I would say that the character Nadia Sin, played by Priyanka Chopra Jonas, when she is at her best, makes Atomic Blonde look like Goldilocks. I mean, <laughs> I mean she, she is freaking good. <laughs> she's got some fight in her. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, and the woman, like we mentioned before, who plays Dahlia Archer, Leslie Manville. Wow! She's a super strong and powerful, ruthless, and just badass woman. Oh, my God. She's terrific. Yeah, she is. And and when we say badass, it's... In a good way. <laughs> it's verbally badass. Yeah. Well, she, right? she's, not out, she's not out there doing all the kicking and fighting and stuff like that. No, no but, but there's one scene in the Rose Garden, and we could just say this, too, because <laughs> just listen to the thump in the chest she gives this guy. <laughs> who she is demanding some action from boom boom you yeah. get that and you think oh my god i don't want to be on the receiving end of that thump oh <laughs> you're yeah. scared well, of that's her. that's that's true you definitely are scared of her and i like the fact that she was in the rose garden because she's like one of the yeah. heads of this organization let's go back to harry palmer yeah yeah right harry palmer he meets uh ross yeah well ross is tending to his garden yeah there you go so right to kind of a the heads of these organizations like the garden, I guess. Yeah. All right. Now, a couple of the other female roles in here. Yeah. There's a character named Joe. Okay. Yeah. Who is played by Moira Kelly. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge part, but she does it well. Yep. The other one that is, again, a fairly small role is Abby Conroy, and she's played by Ashley Cummings. Yep. And, again, it's a small role. But there's got there's some emotion that has to be shown, and I think she does a really good job with that. Yeah, like you said, say the side characters are are played very strongly and well done. I think the acting really throughout the entire series so far is excellent. Stanley Tucci's wonderful, Priyanka Chopra Jones and Richard Madden are believable and in sync. I mean, their chemistry on screen is is very solid, very good, strong. I, I think it's good. The acting is so you can't Richard, say anything bad. Richard Madden as a spy here. Is this his James Bond audition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Who could be the no. next James Bond? Oh, my yeah, God. He's one, he's one of those <laughs> names that gets mentioned. I think he's... Okay, I say this and I'm 5'7", right? But I think he's too short to be James Bond. He's <laughs> yeah, but hey, Daniel Craig is not that tall either. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah. it just... you know. I think he did a good job. But, you know, the other thing the I found interesting with him is after the thing, there you could watch some interviews mm-hmm. that they did. And yeah. Richard Madden is talking in his regular voice. He's Scottish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you hear that and you watch the episode. It's like, I know. I was the like, same guy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Alan Cummings the same way. Right. Yeah. So it, but it just was like, wow. Yeah. Um, so it, that, yeah, it, I just thought it was interesting. It was, hey, is this his Yeah, they're worth, they're worth watching. There, there's like three or four yeah. little clips I think you could watch, right? Like a few minutes yeah. long or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The pr- and the production value here is very high. They really skimped on nothing. The sets are fantastic. The cinematography I thought was terrific. Uh, there are some scenes we're not going to we're not going to call out that you, when you see them you're going to go, "Oh, holy jeez." That that's fantastic. The sound effects again like we mentioned before, top-notch throughout every sound effect is terrific. First rate all the way around, I thought. Yeah, I, I absolutely would agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, that's it's one of those where I look at it and go like, oh, sometimes when I watch a, ser- a series like this, I'll watch the first two or three episodes, and okay, I, I'm done. Yeah. 
I can't wait for next Friday to see the next episode. Yeah, this does make you want to watch the next episode. And a lot of that is the acting and the, the production quality that they brought to this series. Well, plus the, way that, plus the way they end each episode yeah. is with something that makes you want to say, oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, what's, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so, they're spending a lot of money, like we said, for six yes. episodes. Now, some of it was rewrites because some of the creative team kind of left <laughs> due to conflicts and so on. And there were COVID issues and so on. So it added more to the expenses. But, wow, they produced a pretty good two first episodes. And viewing them, really, like we just said, makes you want to come back for more. Yeah, which, even with the goofy opening. Yeah. <laughs> The opening shot, I should say, not because the opening the opening scene's great, but yeah, the, the, the opening. opening shot. Yeah, if you're a spy movie fan, take a watch. It's if you've got Amazon Prime, yeah, it's definitely worth the watch. Will they be successful enough to do spinoffs of some of the spies on missions in their own country, which I think was their original intent? Eh, I don't know. We'll see. I think that kind of stuff is iffy. They are going to have a season two, it appears, because they're moving the filming from. The UK, I forget where it is, to California right? because of some tax breaks they got. We talked about that in our last Spy Movie News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get and like, so it does seem like there will be another round of this. Yeah, and there probably should be because, really, like we said, yeah, you watch these first two episodes, you want to watch the next one. And it's solid. It's good. You're going to like it. All right, Tom and I both think we give it two thumbs up on this one. Go <laughs> Go watch the first two episodes if you haven't yet. Tell us if we've missed some of the callbacks or homages to other spy movies. Because oh, I've got a few more that we didn't even talk about because I'm I'm worried about the spoiler aspect. Uh, yeah, but there 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 was one that actually, as you say that, there was one that reminded me of. There's this Indian movie, Gudachari. Oh yeah, and in there 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 there's somebody monitoring and they can see through walls and that people are in this room. And where they are, yeah. and somebody's on an earpiece telling the the spy, "Okay, there's a person here. There's a person here." You get a similar yeah. thing as in Citadel. Yeah, those kind of things. It's like, yeah, that's really familiar to me. Where did I see that? And yes, okay, <laughs> if you're an American or UK audience, you might not have seen Gudachari, you know, because it's it's yeah. an Indian movie, but very similar scene. And there's a lot of that stuff in here, which I think is great because. You know, yeah. when, we did the, when we did the discussion about Charlie's Angels in 2019 yeah, and right. how we uh, hated yeah, that were. in part because they didn't have anything original. What I like here is right. that tickle thing that I say. They're kind of giving you the little wink and the nod that we're paying some homage to something without just blatantly stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all in all, is Citadel worth watching? Yes. <laughs> yes absolutely you should watch it prime should be proud of producing this it is a solid production very well done great acting great cinematography great sound effects we travel all over the world it's great stuff so watch it tom and dan say yeah (laughs) go ahead all right all right this has been dan and tom of spymovienavigator.com and our show cracking the code of spy movies Subscribe to our show now in your favorite podcast app. That helps us out. We appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks. 